Today's episode of Lockdown Raptors is brought to you by CBDMD. Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done, but don't worry because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to get the sleep you deserve. CBDPM blends melatonin and other sleep-promoting ingredients with 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. And to make it even easier to get the year started off right, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA, for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Before we get today's show started, I just wanted to offer a quick note off the top. As we were recording this episode, the news came down that Terrence Davis's charges, uh, domestic violence charges, were dismissed by the New York courts. And there, look, this is not an easy thing to talk about. It is a bummer that Terrence Davis has been playing on the team basically as though nothing's going on all season long. And it's worth remembering that a dismissal does not necessarily mean an event did not happen, in particular when it comes to domestic violence cases involving people with status and money. It's just, it is... A very tricky ground to walk, and if you are taking this news as Terrence Davis is innocent and clearly did not commit the things of which he is accused, that is the wrong reading of it. You can't be on the side of the Black Lives Matter movement and on the side of defund the police and on the side of, you know, calling out government institutions and then instantly be like, well, the court said it's good, so it must be fine. Clearly, there are flaws in the court system, particularly when it relates to domestic violence, and these cases often get thrown out because there are a lot of underlying factors involved. Terrence Davis has a child with the woman involved here. There is a lot going on. And to say, oh, well, it's a dismissal, therefore it means it didn't happen, carry on as though nothing is different with Terrence Davis, that is to undercut the experience of the survivor in the situation, and that is not something you should be doing. So I will still be uh, unhappy about Terrence Davis being on the team um, for more than just basketball reasons. I will still be donating money to the Red Door Family Shelter for every game he plays for the Raptors this season. I highly recommend you look at the Red Door Family Shelter as well if you're looking to donate some money. They do some wonderful work for uh, women and children fleeing domestic violence. And that's basically all I got on it. Don't just take a dismissal in the courts in New York, which again, we've been talking about how these systems and government structures are flawed and broken for how long now, you know, don't take it as, oh, well, everything's fine. Hunky dory, move on and go forward and nothing's different. And there'd be no criticism of the Raptors for continuing to employ Terrence Davis. Everyone will read it differently, but just uh, make sure you are aware of the facts of domestic violence cases and the routine nature with which they are thrown out in court before ever reaching a decision civil settlements, things like that. It's uh, it's It sucks to have to talk about this, um, but it's worth bringing up off the top because we did not get into it in today's podcast. Anyway, let's get to it. Myself and a wonderful guest, Kate Bagshaw from Raptors Twitter. You know her as at Kate B. Dahl. Really, really fun episode with Kate. We will get to that in just one second here on Locked on Raptors. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Pete. Get that garbage out of here. Uh-huh. 
Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 889 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, February the 19th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. Also, please make sure you're subscribing to, rating, reviewing, all that good stuff on your favorite podcast providers, not only for Locked On Raptors, but for all the Locked On shows covering your favorite teams. If you're a Maple Leafs fan, they won 7-3 last night. Go listen to Locked Locked on Leafs with Mike DiStefano, and for baseball fans, the pitchers and catchers have reported, go listen to A.J. Andrews break down a very exciting Blue Jays season over on Locked on Blue Jays. Okay, on today's show, we are diving full bore into making fun of the Milwaukee Bucks and celebrating a Toronto Raptors 110-96 win over Milwaukee. Last night uh, on the road, the second straight win over the Bucks for the Raptors. A very joyous occasion, I would say. It was a really fun one. The Raptors moved to 14 and 15 on the season. They are firmly in the top 10 in net rating in the league. Their offense continues to hum along at a top 10 pace. The defense is climbing back towards the middle of the league. Things are looking up for your Toronto Raptors, even in a game where Kyle Lowry was not available with a sprained thumb. Joining me to talk about the game, get into our big takeaways, and then have some fun at the expense of the poor users on the Milwaukee Bucks Reddit a little bit later on in the show is a staple of Raptors Twitter. It is Kate Bagshaw, better known as at Kate B. Doll on Twitter. Kate, how's it going? <laughs> hey, Sean. Thanks for that intro. Yeah, it's going great. I mean, um, it's definitely nice to, to wake up on the right side of the bed with a good old Raptors win. Looking forward to a couple slander pods today. Looking forward to diving into some of the, you know, locked on bucks pods too, just to revel in their despair. Oh, poor Kane. Uh, <laughs> we, we love Kane Pittman on this podcast, um, but it is, I, I do love how the blues, the listenership gets boosted of that show anytime the Raptors beat the Bucks. Uh, so oh, uh, you can't feel too I bad mean, for him. A, it's a great Raptors tr- Twitter tradition to um, just dive into some of those pods. So looking forward to it. Awesome. Uh, Shout out to my right. girl, Emma Brown. Absolutely. Shout out to Emma. Uh, OG Ananobi will come up in today's show. Uh, so we'll Wonderful. probably have another Emma shout out at some point, too. Um, but let's dive into this game. Well, again, we're going to, in the final segment, uh, play some classical music and read some Bucks Reddit posts after last night just to uh, get a feel for how things are going on the other side of the aisle. It's never a bad thing. But we should probably talk about what the Raptors did well in this game, which was a lot, Kate. They were excellent. Uh, so we'll start this one off the way we do all of our game recap podcasts. Kate, what was your biggest takeaway from the Raptors' 110-96 win over the Bucks? I say my biggest takeaway is, um, you know, was when the going gets tough, another Raptors player, yet another Raptors player, will will uh, step up to bat. OG was great in the fourth quarter. Just when we thought things were taking a little bit of a turn, mm-hmm. OG turned on the Jets and just winning play after winning play. Um, love that man. And, you know, the second biggest takeaway, Norm Powell, greater than Chris Middleton. <laughs> it was a rough two-game set for Chris Middleton. Uh, had as many, I believe, or fewer made field goals than he had turnovers over the two games. The Raptors very clearly realized that hey, Chris Middleton can't handle our double teams, and uh, it worked to great effect because he would turn it over or pass it to nobody, and then have to reset the clock with, or reset the possession with ten seconds on the clock. It was, I mean, the way they defended Middleton was kind of the microcosm of how they defended the Bucks entirely. Like, they were 
pinpointing the things that are predictable that the Bucks will do and taking advantage of them from knowing that Giannis is a hammer who thinks everything is a nail and throwing three dudes his way to allowing guys like Dante DiVincenzo and Pat Connaughton to shoot them out of the game. It was uh, the thing that the Bucks do is, and this was my biggest takeaway, is that the Bucks just kind of make it very easy for teams to figure them out. And when you get two games mm-hmm. to look at them, you know, with other teams, you play the Miami Heat, for example, you're probably going to get a different look, and it's going to be a chess match between coaches, whereas when you play the Bucks twice in a row, you're basically getting the same formula back-to-back, and then you get to learn how to beat that formula, and eventually it becomes like a video game where you've mastered it, and then you're no longer, like, challenged by it, and you go to look for a new video game that will challenge you. Um, and I thought, in particular... Pascal Siakam, we have to give some love to. I thought he was the best player in this game for the Raptors. 27, 6, and 5, 9 of 18, 2 of 4 from 3, 2 blocks, was excellent on the defensive end. But I don't know about you, Kate, but once Pascal started hitting that little floater over Brooke Lopez, I thought, oh, no, Brooke Lopez is coming out of this game. He's being played (laughs) off the floor. Um, and everything he did was just kind of exploiting what the Bucks do, whether it was doubles coming his way and passing out of them, whether it was the insane switching the Bucks are for, for some reason doing. Like, credit to them for trying to change a little bit, I guess, but their switching is resulting in Bryn Forbes guarding Pascal Siakam a lot of the time, and that is bad. You should not be practicing that form of switching. And so, uh, Kate, Kate, what was your sort of overall takeaway, overall impression of Pascal's very, very good game on Thursday night? Yeah, I, you know, it's just great to see Pascal and smile again on his face. He looked like he was playing with joy. There's just nothing more devastating and hurting, nothing that hurts my heart more than um, seeing Pascal with those slumped shoulders. You just know that it's not, things aren't going his way. But when he's feeling it, he gets that smile going. He starts talking to himself. Um, that's the Pascal that I love to see. And he was just a monster on both ends of the floor. Um, so great to see that from him last night. And on yeah. national TV, um, you know, <laughs> I, I heard that, you know, during halftime, I wasn't watching the TNT feed, but apparently Shaq, once again, uh, stuffing his, his foot in his mouth. I'm not sure if he makes it his his goal every every <laughs> every week just to, to tick off another small market fan base. But, um, you know, did it a couple weeks ago with uh, Utah and last night again with Toronto pretending he didn't know who Pascal was like come on Jack like <laughs> this is your job buddy get yeah. the net it's been a rough season for the inside the NBA crew let's just leave it at that um you uh, know they have they have their their merits when they don't talk about basketball and have a fun time that's great but that could be a podcast and uh maybe you could have people on the broadcast who are fun, but also know the names of the players they're covering. Just a hoop idea to pass along today. Um, a- another <laughs> uh, person I think we should probably shout out is Norman Powell. 29 points in this one. 9 of 12 from the field. 4 of 7 on threes. A couple steals. Uh, I, you know, I kind of have this theory building that Norman Powell is at his best when he is exactly the fourth option in a lineup. <laughs> Like, you know, he had a bit of a quiet game in the return of OG and the small ball lineup starting on Tuesday. 
Uh, Kyle Lowry goes out in this one. DeAndre Bembry assumes the fifth option role. Uh, and maybe you could say Powell's a higher-ranked option than OG. They took the same amount of shots. I think you'd rather OG taking shots probably, but whatever. Uh, Norm Powell loves it when he's the number four guy in a lineup, and he was outstanding. Um, how often do you think of Grievous Bat Vasquez when you watch Norman Powell carve open the Bucks, Kate? <laughs> Truly never. Absolutely never. I know he's never really a thought in my mind. But I do have to say, he's probably a thought frequently on Bucks fans' minds. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, I always think about him, too, because I think about, wow, Grievous Vasquez turned into this. This is amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a regular occurrence when uh, I Powell put is doing Grievous out of my mind, I have to say. <laughs> it was, uh, was a beautiful day <laughs> when we made that trade. But Grievous was going to get the Raptors to sign Kevin Durant because he was his friend, right? Um, <sighs> wow. Uh, so we got more than that. That was around the time when Drake was going to get uh, when Drake was going to get uh, LeBron to sign with us too. I mean, oh, yeah. it was just a little bit of everything. Yeah, uh, we, we can get into uh, future stars that will sign with the Raptors for sure, no doubt. Uh, oh, another, Can't wait. Another day. Um, but uh, yeah, we got more to dive into from this game, Kate. And I want to uh, first take a second to tell everybody about our friends over at betonline.ag. Uh, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You, you know, football's over, but you've got the NBA, you've got college basketball, the NHL's in full swing. Perhaps take a page out of Fred Van Vliet's book and bet on yourself and your own sports knowledge. Knowledge, they also allow you to bet on awards, TV shows, reality TV, and so much more. Real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets and free to sign up as well. Head over to betonline.ag and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And by the way, use the promo code LOCKEDON to get that 50% welcome bonus. All right, Kate, let's continue on here and dive into some of the stuff from this game against the Bucks. Um, Fred Van Vliet, we should probably talk about as well. He was all over this game. He played 40 minutes with no Kyle Lowry. Uh, quick shout out to Malachi Flynn, who played a little bit of backup point guard after having played in the G League yesterday afternoon in Orlando, uh, arrived 30 minutes before the game. Hero stuff for Malachi Flynn. But Fred Van Vliet, of course, carries the day with the point guard load. Not a great shooting night, just 5 of 15, 3 of 8 from 3, but he finished with a 17, uh, 5 boards, 8 assists. One steal where he ripped the ball clean out of Giannis's hands as he was going up, which was beautiful to see. Um, I think they credited him with a block on that one, as they tend to do. And it was just like a, another one of these all-encompassing performances where Fred kind of had his finger on the pulse. And it's easy to have your finger on the pulse of the Bucks. It's like right there at the skin, and you can see it and know exactly what they're doing. But what did you think of the way Fred Van Vliet played in this one, Kate? You know, Fred has Fred has really been stepping up to the plate when Kyle's been out of the, out of the lineup. It's, we've seen this a couple of times now. Um, he just played that smooth, steady he really is steady Freddie. I mean, he just plays his role so well. Um, that cross up crossover that he had on Giannis, just superstar stuff uh, mm -hmm. to have on national television, landed on all of the major feeds. Um, you know, who, who knew that Fred's going to be blocking uh, Giannis and, 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 you know, making him probably last night, 
dream of Fred in his sleep. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was great stuff. He's just such a, for being so small, he just is so smart. And in the way that he moves his body and the way that he's uh, always anticipating what the play is going to be so that he can get in front of the next guy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's just no getting by our Fred Van Vliet. There's really not. Um, his defense in this one on Chris Middleton in particular was insane. He was kind of directing yeah, traffic so on the double teams going towards him. Of course, ripping the ball from Giannis's hands. And the thing about Fred, I think, over these two games is just he really kind of had an exact feel of where the soft spots in the Bucks defense are and really was kind of the engine for exploiting it. I mean, Siakam was as well. I thought his passing was incredible over these two games, especially last night. Um, five assists, one turnover for Siakam, which is great. But Fred, like, understood, hey, okay, they don't care about the mid-range. I'm going to score from the mid-range and just bomb shots over Brooke Lopez until they take him out. Um, he understood, okay, they don't like giving stuff up at the rim, so they're going to collapse down, and I'm going to spray it out to shooters who are going to bomb away. Uh, and I just, he just has an exact feel of what the Bucks are doing. And again, it's kind of speaks to the sad state of the Bucks that everything they do, their every move is predictable and you can kind of see what's coming before it happens. But I thought Fred did a great job of making sure they were exploiting every advantage that the Bucks open up. And I mean, it also was a credit to Fred and I think Pascal too, and Norm to an extent too, that, you know, they are better equipped this year to take advantage of the way the Bucks play defense, especially with the mid-range they gave they give up. Like last year, they didn't really have anyone you could count on to hit mid-range shots, but Pascal's nailing them this year. Fred's hitting them this year. Norm's got that little step in after getting run off the line that he's hitting. And that, that just makes them a far worse matchup for Milwaukee than they were last year, where they really were kind of dependent on threes and shots at the rim. And those, of course, are the things that the Bucks mm-hmm. are always trying to take away. Um, so shout out to Fred there. Pascal and Fred both hit a couple of um, just little little floaters right at the right at the free throw line there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, those those are shots that you know everybody talks about the mid range game being dead. I mean, I just think it's we're prime for a resurgence of these type of shots. It's it's something that um, it, I don't think defenses are really prepared for. Uh, mm-hmm. They either think that you're going straight into the cup or you're going to be, you know, tossing it out to a shooter uh, at the three-point line. And um, I think we were able to take advantage and capitalize on some easy points just because they weren't prepared for for our little floater game in that in the, in the paint there. Absolutely. Um, another quick shout out for some solid minutes in this one goes to Aaron Baines, I think. Uh, he was a team best plus 19 as the Baines fan account. Uh, certain to make sure you knew that. Um, he, you know, I- I'm liking how this bench lineup is looking with him paired with Boucher. We talked about it after the last Bucks game with Joey Cash about how you know, Boucher being kind of freed up to not have to play center and he can kind of fly around and do his maniac stuff going up to the corners and, and, you know, contesting threes and leaving Baines as the backstop. Like it works pretty well. And I, I it just, I'm liking the role that they've kind of settled Baines into the last couple of games here. And he's played quite well. And I thought in particular, his rim protection late in this one was outstanding. He struggled with rebounding as he's wont to do, but um, you know, he was meeting dudes at the rim, whether it was Giannis, whether it was uh, Thanasis Antetokounmpo, whether it was Middleton, and just kind of giving that last line of protection that they haven't had at all this season. And Zach Lowe pointed out in his 10 things this morning that the way that the Raptors have now configured their lineup, assuming Lowry comes back sooner rather than later, 
you know, there's maybe less of a need to trade for a center because that small ball lineup rules. Siakam and OG mm-hmm. can kind of handle it. And if you're getting Baines having those, you know, 15 solid minutes off the bench against second units for the most part, then maybe the need to go and, you know, blow all your salary matching filler on Andre Drummond does not exist. And he also made the point that Drummond is better or sorry, Powell is better than Drummond straight up, which I think is probably true at this point. So um, that's a nice little development that kind of puts a little bit less of a pressing need. An upgrade would still obviously be nice, but I don't think it's as pressing with the way they're using Baines and the way the small ball lineup looks, uh, you know, assuming health going forward here. Um did you, uh, I mean, I think Baines has been a topic of uh, frustration, anger, sitting down in the fetal position for Raptors fans all season, Kate. Uh, <laughs> how, how have you sort of taken in his last couple of games here? Are you feeling optimistic that this new role can kind of be something where he excels? I don't think Baines is washed. Let's just, like, I've never <laughs> been uh, the Raptors fan that was out there calling for his head. Um, you know, I think you have to take everything as a, as a as a whole package, you know, Baines hadn't played basketball since uh, March of last year. Mm. Um, you know, he moved his family. He has a new baby. Um, he's getting to know, you know, our, our systems and a group of guys that played really well together and had a center lineup that, um, you know, for for several years was working really well and, and were highly attuned to the ways that our defense plays. So, I mean, you know, I was willing to give him some grace. It's, Coming off of the bench, um, I think has been a great role for him. He's doing a lot of great stuff. And that Killer Bees lineup, him and Boucher, has just been, I mean, I think it's a small sample size, but the Bates fan account this morning posted (laughs) that they're a league best uh, net rating at uh, 40 and a half. (laughs) God, I love propaganda. It's the best. Uh. (laughs) I would love to know what the sample size is on that. It's got to be, you know. It might just be the last two games. Yeah. I don't recall them playing together before that. But, you know, when you're looking at, you know, some of these teams with with, uh, big, you know, bold centers, uh, Giannis, um, not really playing center, but, you know, uh, maybe, um, you know, a a lineup with the Joker or with Embiid, um, AD, this might be a a way that we can try and combat some of those minutes. So, yeah. yeah, I, 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 I've, I've been really liking what I'm seeing with him off the bench, and um, I definitely don't think uh, he's washed. I think uh, we just needed to find out how, our ways to use him. Thank you for bringing compassion back. to the show, Kate, because I have been uh, staunchly, staunchly anti-Banes all season long, and I feel kind of bad about it because maybe that's okay. Everybody, everybody's much. got their ways of coping. <laughs> we can um, talk about my way of coping. Your, if your way of coping is is putting all the eggs on one guy. Um, you know, I'm not going to call you out for that, Sean. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of your way of coping, we have to have a Viking funeral today, Kate. Uh, this was promised in a teaser coming into today's episode. Uh, you have been one of the foremost voices in favor of the Fade for Cade campaign throughout much of this Absolutely. season. Absolutely. Yeah. Choose your new, the Raptors... choose, look, look at a <laughs> so, new horizon, Sean. Yes, uh, which, hey, I get it. It's not the worst thing. It's a very good draft. I would also say that people thought the Andrew Wiggins draft was going to be quite good, and then look how that happened, so whatever. But uh, different. It, it's, it is a little different. Look, I Cade maybe hasn't been the apple of my eye as much as Evan Mobley because I love a cool-ass center who passes good, but um, either way, I, the fade for Cade for a while was a pretty reasonable 
place to be. And, you know, at certain points in the season, I kind of felt myself thinking, well, maybe that's not such a bad way to, way to think. But the Raptors are now 14 and 15. They're 12 and 7 since their 2 and 8 start. They are number 9 in net rating in the league, as I mentioned off the top, plus 2.5. Mm-hmm. They're just below the Sixers, which those will be some fun games next week. And a win tonight against the Wolves will bring them back to 500. Kate, are we saying goodbye forever to the fade for Cade <laughs> Toronto Raptors 2021 campaign? Uh, I think it's I think it's safe to say that we're um, that one's officially that one's officially dead. Listen, you know <laughs> we all have our own ways of coping. As I said, uh, for me, it was easier to think of this fake season um, in terms of listen. If they win, they win. If they lose, we win. Um, either way, <laughs> I win. And uh, fading for Kate is a pretty great consolation prize when the Raptors have to play in Tampa for a full year in front of a crowd of mm. of uh, of uh, heat fans and um (laughs) being away from the from their home team so you know it was definitely a coping mechanism for me um it really brought uh, peace to the losses except in some rare occasions um but uh overall you know it's a lot more fun when the raptors are winning i have to say um and this is the team we've come to know is that it's a team that's going to scrap it out they're going to figure out ways to win um and uh we're we're not a team of losers you know, I can't imagine Kyle Lowry or Fred Van Vliet sitting back and just allowing this team to lose, um, not to mention some of the things that would have probably had to happen if we were to have truly faded for Cade. So I'm I'm definitely glad to not have to deal with those emotions. Absolutely. Uh, and we I'm won't glad... speak on what they, what they were. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad you have uh, come back over to the side of uh, for hoping now. For, for a now. second round exit. Uh, <laughs> for now. <laughs> it's a good place to be. Yeah, I mean, hey, a five-game losing streak could certainly bring this all back. But for now, oh, I'm uh, like putting... Uh, oof, yeah, geez. Uh, good, good point <laughs> and good transition to the next segment. Um, but for now, I will put the Fade for Cade campaign into a canoe, fire a flaming arrow into it, and have it go down a waterfall. Um Let's uh, let's move on then. Speaking of emotions and coping mechanisms, Milwaukee Bucks fans are having a time on Milwaukee Bucks Reddit after last night's game. Uh, and Kate, you are the foremost expert on screen capping Milwaukee Bucks Reddit. <laughs> and that's why you're on the podcast. Coming up in the final segment, we are going to play a little classical and read some Milwaukee Bucks Reddit posts. Therapy? Before we dive I, in. I guess it's the opposite of therapy. <laughs> Well, no, this is therapy for us, Sean. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, true. there's nothing like some Schadenfreude to make the world go round. Before we got, <laughs> before we get into this, there's just a, a, a couple points I want to make on one Chris Middleton, and sure. you touched on it briefly um, at the at the outset when um, you know we were sp- speaking on Middleton's performance. But uh, Brad, too much hoops. Brad um, this morning on Twitter posted a statistic, which I mean, I just have to read it out out for you. I'm not sure if you saw this one, but the Raptors defended Middleton so well over the the last two games. He had a combined 11 turnovers, nine shots made, one three-pointer, five three free throws, five assists, and with a combined minus 35 plus minus. Now, Mm -hmm. this man is being paid, um, I believe he's got four years left on his contract at an average of around 32 million per year. The Bucks cap sheet is just a whole mess. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
you know, I, I think I've been, I've been spouting for the last couple of weeks that Norm Powell, uh, when he's in the starting lineup, has the same uh, average statistics. He's about 23, 23 points per game, 50, 40, 90 player um, as Middleton on a $10 million salary. Bucks fans didn't like that too much, but let me tell you, <laughs> it is beautiful to have this turn in my favor and back-to-back games have Middleton look like a, you know, I don't know, a dollar store. I I, I don't even know. I can't put a comp on it. A dollar yeah. store, Norm Powell. That's what yeah. it looks like. That's, hey, that, uh, that works for me. Uh, look, Middleton is definitely better than he was against the Raptors. The Raptors particularly humiliated him in a way that most teams won't, but... Yeah, it doesn't exactly inspire a ton of confidence when when Drew Holiday is out. Like Middleton, Giannis is basically all you got. It's a uh, it's a sad state of affairs, man. That roster is uh, depressing after their top guys. And Drew obviously would help yeah. things quite a bit, but uh, also the Raptors didn't have Kyle Lowry for three quarters of this uh, two game set either. So you know, you know, it's, you can't uh, put everything on one man. Uh, Drew Holiday is a great player, but when you're saying you know your top if you're starting the likes of, you know, Dante DiVincenzo and Brooke Lopez, can you really tell me, Sean, that that's a championship caliber team? It's simply not. Yeah. Brooke Lopez is, uh, is kind of washed, I think, and does exactly one thing well. And as it turns out, when you can predict that one thing and exploit it, he gets played off the floor. And then you have to switch with Pat Connaughton and Bryn Forbes and Thanasis Attentacumpo. Um I knew it was over <laughs> for Brooks Knight when Matt Thomas, when he got a switch on to Matt Thomas, and instead of driving on Matt Thomas, he, <laughs> he went for a three. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, after we do some uh, tweet reading, I do want to po- post the poll question, or pose a poll question okay. to you that we'll uh, post on the Locked On Raptors account after the game. But that'll Wonderful. be in All the right. final okay. segment. Uh, let's get to it in just one sec. We're going to dive into some Rab- or Bucks Reddit posts after last night's game with some classical music underneath uh and uh first though i want to tell you about our friends over at built bar who right now have a flash sale going on for their brand new coconut puff bar luscious chocolate soft marshmallow made with premium collagen protein blend 16 grams of protein just 130 calories and only six grams of sugar it's like a viva puff except it's good for you and it's in a bar form it's gluten-free preservative free limited time only one day sale order right now at builtbar.com get yourself that coconut puff bar all right kate let's wrap this thing up just a heads up to all the listeners out there monday will be the next episode i'm not going to do a recap of the wolves game barring something insane happening uh we can touch on it on monday's podcast uh but for now i'm gonna fire up the uh what what, what our sound our sound guys sent me a, a cut of mozart that's free to the public so i'm just gonna play that now we're going to fire up Buck's Reddit. As again, I, I said, Kate, you are the foremost expert on the goings-on on Milwaukee Bucks Reddit. Um, they claim to be the best uh, sub in the entire NBA. And I agree, because it's mm-hmm. really fun to read. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> especially when things are going not so well. Um, so, Kate, I'll, we'll just kind of go back and forth here. And we'll read dramatically uh for effect i suppose some uh, milwaukee bucks reddit posts from last night just to get a feel of how the bucks are feeling after the raptors just did what they did to them two games in a row kate take it away i'm gonna start with the top comment in the milwaukee bucks toronto raptors game thread 
from u slash imperial sympathizer as a 34 year old lifelong bucks fan losing feels like home <laughs> oh no all right well i'm gonna then take it in a bit of a different less uh Let's brief direction. This one comes from Nosmata22. IMO. As a Raptors fan reading this thread, I am having flashbacks to Real GM Fire Casey Train. The frustrations and criticism in here are exactly the same issues with Casey. I feel for you guys. I was pulling for you guys to take the next step this season. I don't believe that can happen with Bud in charge anymore. Flashback to CJ Miles on Kevin Love again and again and again. And a response from our kid one seven eight one, the Casey era Raptors beat the Bucks too. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got now, Kate? Uh, well, let's go straight to the top comment in the post game thread. Thanasis hmm. is the future. Honestly, it's it's dark out here when Thanasis Antetokounmpo is the future. I made this comment last night, but I mean, he is good at some things on the floor, and certainly he's great at collecting offensive rebounds from Giannis's bricked threes. And he's been doing that his whole life. <laughs> he's very, very good at... <laughs> you can't let him get a heater going on. He's very good at flexing and yelling when down 15 in the fourth quarter of a game in which they're getting embarrassed. Um... <laughs> Good job. <laughs> so I've got one here from Larry McCarron's Pinky. Brooke Lopez sucks. Mike Budenholzer sucks. DJ Augustine sucks. Our defense sucks. Our offense sucks. Our roster sucks. Our team's basketball IQ sucks. I'm tired. Call me negative. Call me a fake <laughs> fan. Say I'm overreacting. I don't care. This team just isn't doing shit with this coach or roster. And a reply from Vortex. You posted this exact same comment after the last game, and I still agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one I really love from Mayor of Dogs. 0-11 when, go- when losing going into the fourth quarter, this team has no heart, no will to win the IQ of a potato. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Scathing. <laughs> Comparing to vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Potatoes have eyes, man. I'm not sure if Chris Middleton does. <laughs> I've got this one here from uh, I was at the YI game or the E game. I thought oh, EG in the end. Shout out. Um, the Coach Bud special. Game one, win. Game two, make no adjustments, lose close. Game three, make no adjustments, get absolutely exposed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. He's been playing that one. Uh, he's been playing that one for, for a couple years now. It's my fa- that's, my, that's my favorite. One, two, three, punch. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, all right. What do you got next here, Kate? Mr. F1993 says, somebody named Paul Watson got minutes tonight shaking my head. <laughs> 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 got this one from uh, Desads. 
We're teetering right on the edge of a coaching change. This feels very similar to the end of kids' tenure. Both coming one season too late is unfortunate. And a response from different teacher 370. Not really too late. You got Giannis signed. That gave some clarity to the roster. The way I see it, Bud's ass's finals are out the door at season's end. He brought winning to the franchise in regular seasons, so they will let him drive the train until the end of the season and see how they perform in the playoffs. This is a deeply optimistic Bucks fan, and the only person who stood out. That's why this one really kind of uh, hit me. <laughs> I mean, most of the most of the Bucks fans have been um, have been pretty uh, negative, but uh, my pancakes are back. Says unpopular opinion. I like the Bucks. <laughs> Here's a great one from El Jefe uh, 970. Everybody complains when Giannis lowers his shoulder, but when OG does it, he's just quote unquote too strong and quote unquote skilled player. Not here to insult replies with OG is your daddy. <laughs> oh, this is. Uh... It's making me sad a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Uh... <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I do feel sad. But after um, after after listening to some of the, the Bucks podcasts uh, off, on Tuesday where they were calling us a bad team, uh, they were roasting Siakam, saying he wasn't worth his contract. Um, you know what? I don't feel so bad uh, anymore. No, I don't. Mm, yeah, I'm at uh, least glad. I'm at least glad that these guys are coming around to the idea that uh, they they do in fact have a really crappy roster, which just mm -hmm. cannot be fixed. Well, I'll leave it off on this one. This, this person thinks one guy on the team is uh, me being unfairly maligned. So we have equivalent ferret one four three says Bud's need Bud needs to go. I agree, but this is deeper than even Bud. This goes down to Horst. What did Pat do to warrant a new contract? These players have no heart, no fight, no passion. Without the two Greek brothers and Drew, this team looks emotionless like they're playing against their will. And Crazy Bobby replies, Hey, Bobby Portis doesn't deserve to be left out of this list. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so you got the Antetokounmpo's, My... Drew Holiday, and Bobby Portis as your Boy, Bobby Portis. Yeah, optimistic that's, that's your hopes. Big four right there. My goodness. Uh, uh, my final, oof. my final uh, read for the day. Yes, close it out. Um, we've got a um, a Reddit Bucks Reddit fan who's really just wants the good old days back. Sean. Uh oh. They say, Urson bled Malcolm. Please come back." Oh man. <laughs> when you're looking for Urson Ilyasova and. Eric Bledsoe to come back <laughs> and be your saviors against these Toronto Raptors, you've got big problems. I did also find a post on a different thread earlier. I don't have it in front of me, but it was something along the lines of, I would rather Joe Prunty be coaching this team right now. <sighs> <laughs> you know, you spoke on uh, Pat Connaughton. I mean, that guy is caught. I'm just, I, let me just really quickly, the cap sheet here. It's absolutely, it's insane. Pat Connaughton, $5 million for the next three years. A player option. DJ <laughs> Augustine, $7 million a year. Brooke Lopez, $13 million a year. All of these guys are locked up until 2023. Drew Holiday has a player option next year. It's $27 million. What are the chances he picks that up? He's definitely going to market. And that guy's going to be getting more than $27 million. This is the team that they have. And they've got no assets to get off of any of these terrible contracts. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's rough. It's very, very rough. Um, I lo- and, you love to see it, Sean. I'm sorry. Check on your Bucks fan friends if you have any. Things are uh, <laughs> not going super well over there. The Raptors are two games behind them for the third seed, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to close this out, Kate. Thank you, by the way, for bringing so many great posts to this, th- uh, this segment. It's much appreciated. Um, let's... Uh, Let's wrap up with a poll question I have for you. I'm going to post this on the Locked On Raptors Great. account. Um, what to you was the most humiliating thing a Raptor did to a buck in the last game? Mm. Uh, so Great you question. Have, I have the options here. You have uh, Fred Van Vliet crossing up and scoring on Giannis. You've got uh, OG Ananobi blocking Chris Middleton at the end of the first half as Middleton ISO'd for 18 seconds uh, only to get his shot just like engul- engulfed by OG's hand. Um You've got OG backing down Chris Middleton and scoring a huge bucket uh, and just sort of looking at him as though he were a piece of meat <laughs> that he could <laughs> back down and score on. Uh, or you've got, oh man, there's, I, I guess the other option there's is so Fred many. ripping the ball from Giannis's hands or Pascal getting an and one on Giannis late. But I think I'm going to go Fred ripping the ball from Giannis's hands. Uh, so OG and Fred really becoming the, the sort of standouts here as they... Uh, you know, did fatherly things to Middleton and Giannis respectively. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, the correct answer is probably Fred ripping the ball out of Giannis's hands, but I'm going with OG blocks Middleton in just the most demoralizing and disrespectful way possible. (laughs) Um, You know, stealing that guy's cookies right out of the cookie jar. And because, frankly, I love Middleton slander right now. We have to go with that. (laughs) Outstanding. Uh, Kate, we have reached the end of this podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for jumping on to make fun of the Milwaukee Bucks with me. This was an absolute blast. It was lovely having you on for your first appearance on the show. Uh, Where can people uh, find you on the Internet? It was uh, my pleasure, Sean. And they can find me at Kate B. Dahl. Um, on Twitter, you'll find me not always, but, uh, when, when the time is right, I will take a trip to the dark side and, uh, keep you up to date with Bucks Reddit, sometimes Celtics Reddit really just depends on the way the winds are blowing. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is my, this has been my first time this season and it was great. Outstanding. (laughs) Uh, that. Thank you so much, Kate. This was awesome. Uh, And that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Thank you to uh, our audio producer, Doug Branson, for getting me that uh, sweet cut of Mozart to play underneath the Bucks Reddit segment. Uh, And uh, thank you to the listeners for tuning in. It's been a good week for the show. People are excited again. The team is fun and good again. And that is great. And I'm happy to have all of you along. And with that, we will uh, talk to you again on Monday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Have a good weekend, everybody.